Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wamsley. Welcome to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. I'm your host, Dell Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, I'm going to discuss a couple different topics, and I'm going to kind of blend them together here as we go along. The first area that I want to touch base on is this conversation that I'm having with most people uh, that I speak to. It's kind of like a hurry up and wait conversation, like, man, we can't we like it to hurry up and get this presidential thing over. Uh, you know, I can't wait to see which side we're going to be on of this argument here. And at the same time, many, many people are in massive fear. And they're in massive fear because they have no idea what's on the other side. And truthfully, none of us really know what's on the other side, especially since the other side of, I'm saying, that we have what we have now. In other words, the fear of staying the same is less than the fear of going somewhere different. So in that moment when you, you're right at the edge of going to have to change, you, you're always afraid to begin. I know maybe I'm not perfect now, but what could it be? It could be even worse on the other side of this deal, right? So the other side of this deal being that Biden gets voted in as opposed to and Trump gets voted out. So what does that mean and, and how should you be looking at it is the question we all are sitting down with ourselves and having. And the first thing I think you need to look at is that there are two things going on here. One, there is a popularity vote against Donald Trump because of his attitude, his approach, his arrogant statements. Um, and then there's a barrage of lies on both sides. Both, I sat and watched a TV show the other day with my wife, and I sit there and go, like, okay, that's a lie. And then we go, okay, now that what she said is a lie. I mean, uh, it was the 60-minute interview with what's-her-name-something-stall or whatever. And Donald Trump lied. They showed him saying, he said, I'd never said that. Then they showed him saying it. And then she said something that was a complete lie. And they would go back and forth. And they were just lying to each other, almost screaming at each other, these lies, until they finally got up and walked out. Uh, I think that's where our country's at right now. We don't know what we want. You know, and we're willing to lie, cheat, steal, and kill people to get it. That's where it's at right now. And, you know, they're saying, one of the comments that I heard the other day, I was talking to somebody, going, which cities are going to burn to the ground after the election? And it was, well, I guess it depends who wins. If this person wins, you're going to burn this one. If this person wins, you're going to burn that one, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's not really the truth. The truth is that the Democrats lose, they will burn their own cities to the ground. The Republicans lose, and they'll just make changes in what they do. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, I brought today some topics to look at. Um, interestingly enough, I brought two different self-help articles. And one of them is 
written by somebody who you can tell is liberal as can be, and one of them is written by somebody you can tell is conservative. It's really interesting just to see the two side by side. And you look at this and you say, okay, well, what actually will happen? Well, let's just take the facts as they appear to be. And again, as they appear to be is because that's all we have. Um, if Biden gets in, he has made promises that he will up taxes, put a burden on the economy. He will go out there and take away tax loopholes. And he's going to take away the benefits that taxes, the tax benefits of real estate. Now, if he does that, you have to then go back and say, well, what's the logical effect of that? Well, if you have something, an asset of any kind, gold, steel, oil, land, real estate, and you take away its benefits, it no longer has any benefits, then you lower its value. And if you lower the value of all real estate, what happens to it? Well, actually, somebody's already done this. Um, Ronald Reagan, way back in the 80s, decided to compress the tax um, code from like 10 different levels all the way up to a marginal tax rate of 95% for the top, all the way down to zero, and bring them down to just three tax rates. But for the benefit of getting rid of those higher tax rates, he took away all loopholes or most loopholes. Uh, for real estate. And people up at that time had been buying real estate for simply the loopholes. They really weren't buying real estate because they wanted it. There was all kinds of real estate built that nobody really even wanted. But it created massive tax loopholes. Same thing with uh, oil and gas partnerships. And as soon as he took away those benefits, boom, they collapsed in value. Real estate needs collapsed in value. And that's when I got started in real estate, by the way. So when real estate had collapsed in 87, um, 86, 87, 88, all that time, you had a thing where hundreds of thousands of homes went into foreclosure. And they had the Resolution Trust Corporation, which was buying up these homes, taking over the mortgages. If Biden gets in, that same thing could occur. And I say could because there is the possibility, which I don't believe is a likely possibility, that if Biden gets in, the Democrats don't take over the Senate. But if the people come out in a large enough block to vote Biden in, they're probably going to come out in a large enough block to vote the Democrats in for both the Congress, for both uh, Congress and Senate and the president, in which case the trifecta. When the Democrats have the trifecta, they can do anything they want to do, literally anything they want to do. There's no way you could stop them. And in that case, you know, what do they say? bar the door, because it's going to be massive exodus of capital out of this country. Massive recession. Remember, right now, because the Democrats control New York, people are leaving New York in extremely fast rates. Uh, they're leaving California in extremely fast rates. What will probably happen, though, the first thing Biden will do is, if he changes anything, he's going to change it to where the Democratic states can go ahead and write their taxes off against federal income taxes again. That's what Trump changed, which just destroyed the Democratic states and cities. They were taxing these people to death, but nobody cared because you just write it off your federal income tax and the net tax would be the same as if you weren't taxed by the state of the city. Trump changed all that. 
So if they put it back, you understand, then those cities and states will do well. And um, they will just go on with what they've been doing. And they'll be successful again, which will lead the Democrats into more power and more votes. And socialism's on its way, probably. Now, you have to ask, how far can you push the electorate? You know, in this country, there's a very small number of people that actually vote in the president. A larger percentage vote in the Congress and the Senate, but very few. In other words, I was watching this thing today. It's like you've no, no president's ever won the election without winning Florida. So you got to win Florida. Florida has three parts of the state, the northern part, the southern part, and the middle. And so the northern part and the southern part each knock each other out. And the moderates in the middle end up electing the president. You say, gosh, with all of this hoopla, you really believe just a handful of people voting the president? It's really pretty true. I mean, I was out at a restaurant last night and just sitting at the bar watching people talk. And I don't know what. I was in a bar that was, uh, I would say there was four Hispanic guys, two white girls, one white guy being me. And I'm thinking, hmm, this looks like a, you know, interesting group of people. What are they all voting? Everybody in the room was voting for Trump. Bizarre, bizarre, bizarre. And yet you go, he's losing in every poll. So what does that tell you? That tells you that... The people on the right that want to vote for Trump, they're just, that's it. They don't want what the left has to feed them. The people on the left don't want anything to do with Trump. But do they really hate Trump's plan for the country? That one I have not been able to find a single liberal to say that they do. They, they, they hide behind things like, well, look what COVID is doing. Well, COVID's doing that all over the world. And they asked Biden, what would he do differently? And there's no way to know. He has no answer. So when we come back, we're going to discuss what we should be doing in this situation. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Austin's Talk 1370. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time. Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're just uh, pondering what we should be doing as we wait for this election to occur and for us to find out which way this country is going to be taken over the next four years. And one of the things I want to bring to your attention here is that, okay, I, I, I beat up on the Biden thing taking over and the Democrats destroying the economy. Okay, we touched that base. Let's touch something else. I believe that business has been changed dramatically and maybe even overwhelmingly uh, that business isn't going to be the same anymore. What do I mean by that? The pandemic has proven to us as business people, and I'm counting myself in on that because it's happened to our business, we've proven to us that we don't need real estate to run a business. You say, Dell, that's ridiculous. Listen to what's happening. Um, I had an office building in Houston, Texas, big office, and we just kept leasing larger and larger space. And uh, across the hall from me, um, a real estate company that was a 
real estate management company, large company, really large firm, merged with somebody else. So they left their space and they asked us, do we want it? And I thought, man, my ego goes, yeah, let's suck up the rest of the space. We'll own the whole floor, uh, 10th floor of a building. The top floor will own the whole thing or at least control it. And it'll look really cool. And then I just bit my lip and I talked with some of my staff and they said, nah, let's, let's not. We don't really need it. Well, just a few months after that, we decided to take all of our realtors out of our office and have them work from home. And it emptied half of our offices out. Uh, it was amazing. And they, they, they still had offices there. If they wanted to come in and do a transaction at the office, they could. But it was just much easier for them to do all their phone work and or go meet people out of sight and not have to stop off at the office first and keep their files on the computers at the office and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so right now, the last couple of office leases we've signed have gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. And yesterday, we're talking about opening up a new uh, location, um, starting another real estate company uh, in Georgia. And uh, don't hold me to the exact date that will be done, but it's in process right now being done. And, you know, we're talking about what do we even need any space for at all? Realtors can work from home. Everything can be done over the Internet. I mean, you can have the staffing meetings now uh, via these different types of uh, software meetings. And we were really discussing, is there, any, is there really any real need, right, to have an office? Then I took the argument one step further. I said, well, if we don't need an office, what is the limitation from us opening up a real estate company in every major city where the prices are low enough that the rents are a positive cash flow to the prices in general? And the answer was very simply nothing. Nothing's stopping us from opening a real estate office in almost every city out there where the price-product ratio is correct. In other words, you can buy a house at a price that would rent for positive cash flow. Now, if you live in an area where that doesn't happened, then there's really no reason for us to have real estate agents there. And I'm going to take this a little further and say, look, we have found that although our business was founded on the concept of the personal touch and the meetings where people come in and really build friendships and so forth, we're finding that there are ways, and by the way, I've like tripled or quadrupled my IT department in the last two years. Uh, luckily for me, we we had done that in advance of us running into this COVID problem, but now we run everything through the through the internet, and uh, we we're just sitting there going, well, you know, do we really need, do we really need all this office space? And the reality is, is that we're going to maintain a footprint here and there, uh, all the footprints we have now, but they may be smaller. There's no need. There's not as much need now that we understand this. Now, what I'm saying to you is that most businesses have figured this out. Many, many businesses have figured this out. Uh, right now, there's a REIT. The largest office building REIT in the country is down. Its stock value is down 45%. Office building space is useless. We're finding out. And the prices and the value. So you do not want to buy anything. I had a guy come to me the other day, wanted to sell me a office building that doctors were in. And I said, I don't want anything to do with that. Nah, they got telemedicine coming up. 
You've got uh, Walgreens buying up doctor businesses and and consolidating with hospitals to where eventually what's going to happen is, is you're going to go to Walgreens to get taken care of, right? And so space is going to be less and less needed in the office arena. So that's gone. Next one is downtowns, centers of cities. You know, everybody wanted to consolidate everybody together where they're close and where they, I don't know what the deal. Why do people want their office space to be downtown? What is the benefit of that? It's absolutely terrible to get to. The traffic's unbelievable. There's no place to park unless you have a giant parking ramp in your building, which I guess all those buildings have to have or they wouldn't survive. Um, But why? Why make everybody drive all the way in every day, in and out and in and out of work? And the answer is they figured out they don't have to. They're getting more done. I think they thought unless they had you in a cubicle and a rope, a noose around your neck and your hands tied to your computer, you wouldn't work. But they're finding out that's not true. So what's happening now? In the apartment industry, what we're finding is inner city apartments are losing occupancy. And rural apartments are gaining occupancy. People are living where they want to live and working where they live. Instead of working where they have to and moving close enough to live by where they work. Completely different. Now, that's a democratic, or I'm sorry, a demographic change that I don't know that the president's elected either way has anything to do with. Especially if COVID continues to be a problem because COVID's what started it. So what do you buy? Well, I'll tell you, I've started in the last year, I've started two or three businesses and purchased one or two more. And right now I'm in the process. I have two businesses under contract and a third, like I said, we're starting another real estate company up in uh, Georgia, Atlanta. And so I've got three businesses right now. All of them are essential needs businesses. In other words, they have the right to stay open no matter what. Hmm. Interesting. What is essential needs? What is doing well right now? Grocery stores. They're not shutting any grocery stores down. What else? Fast food places. Drive through fast food places. I mean, they've shut down their interior tables, just closed them off, got rid of half of their staff, the staff that would be taking care of the inside customers, doubled up on the staff that's taking care of drive throughs and cars are wrapped around the block and just rocking. Their overhead has gone down, their sales has gone up. Boom. These are businesses that right now are looking appealing and attractive to people that know what they're doing. So is there still real estate plays out there all over the place? Have those real estate plays moved? Absolutely. We'll take a short break. Be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time. Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today we've been all over the place. Uh, I'm going to change directions again right now. And we're going to talk about, well, let's, let's talk about self-help. And I wanted to come into this from a different point of view and try to just have a conversation with you and see if it works. 
That is the conversation about people trying to help you, giving you their advice, right? And when you hear these people give you their advice, and this is an interesting one, you always ask yourself, who's giving this advice? Especially articles. Articles are written all the time. Uh, they're always looking for writers to write stuff. They can print it because they need content. But how much of this stuff is really useful? How much of it is even, and maybe even, not detrimental? Think about it. Now, I've got an article here that just sprung my interest when I saw it. When I saw it, I stopped in my tracks and I had to go get it, right? And then I went and I found an article that I like because the one that I found I don't like, right? So here's what it is. Here's, let me give you the headline on this thing. 43 ways to improve yourself in just 10 minutes. Now, the very concept of that, obviously that's a jaw dropper. It got me to look at it. Uh, get you to look at it. But my concept is some idiot wrote this stuff. And they've got to be an idiot. The, the article's from Success Magazine. The person wrote it is Cecilia Mias. Now, I'll guarantee you Cecilia Mias isn't a multimillionaire. I guarantee she isn't a multimillionaire. She's probably not even rich. She's probably just a bit writer that gets paid by the piece. And she has no right to be writing self-help articles for success. I've never heard of her. You've never heard of her. She's not out on the, uh, you know, the, the speaking route anywhere, whatever you call that, the circuit, speaking circuit. Um, but yet she's writing articles for Success Magazine. Let's go take a look at these ideas. And what I want you to understand is, okay, I told you. I bought, a, I bought a business a month ago. It's going to close in about 30 days. I bought another business that is going to close. The sale will close in March. I started a real estate office that will start sometime after the first of the year. Uh, I bought another business um, last year. Um, no, I actually started. We started. I had my IT guy start another business, a software business. I said, hey, we got a need for this software that does this. Write the software. We wrote the software. Now we have another software business. That's my one, two, three, third software business that we have, I believe. Um, and we just keep starting and creating businesses. And, of course, more and more people are helped. More and more people uh, feel like they should be willing to offer up income to us for doing that. You are what you do. You have what you've done. And uh, by helping and serving others is how you get paid. So that's all you need to know about success. Okay, so let's talk about this. What should you do for success? Number one, get moving. Commit to an hour-long daily gymnasium routine. Nothing wrong with that. Okay, that's number one. Okay, good. Got to be healthy. Nothing wrong with that. Number two. Try yoga. Now, why do we need to try yoga? Well, they say it's relaxing and this and that and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But again, it's one of those little snappy little things that the, the little liberals like to get out there and do and put their little yoga outfit on and go do some hot yoga, some warm yoga, some steam yoga. 
let's get in the, the whatever it is, kneeling dog, raging tiger. Number three, try walking, a mindfulness meditation. There it is. I'm broke. I'm working 60, 80 hours a week. I have a ridiculously unhappy marriage. My kids are going crazy and taking drugs. I need to walk. That's what I need to do. Number four, relieve back pain. Do and perform what we call the cat and camel stretch. Okay. Take a selfie and keep it. Don't share it with anybody. No filters, no hashtags, just a selfie for you to enjoy and appreciate the things that make you uniquely you. Now you understand why liberals are broke, other than the ones that are criminals and steal and get multi-million dollar deals because they're in politics. Other than that, (laughs) take a selfie. Number six, combat emotional enemies. Created by the Northwestern University study, IntelliCare is a collection of apps designed to combat daily emotional stressors. God, stretch me and emotionally touch me, tickle me, kiss me. Tell next one, take a guilt-free nap. <laughs> My life sucks. I'm just gonna go to sleep. Number eight, find a cheerleader. Find somebody. And it goes in and goes, it has been proven that having positive motivation around you, people who think you're good, will enhance your effectiveness. I just got to go out and find more people to like me. That's it. It's not that I'm wrong. It's not that I'm not doing anything effective. It's nothing more than I just don't have enough people that understand me. Right? I need somebody to understand me. Number nine, if that doesn't work, sip a red. (laughs) Red wine might help lower the risk of heart disease and a stroke. So go ahead and pop the cork. Do you feel any wealthier? Do you feel like your relationship's getting better yet? Do you feel like anything has actually happened? Check your credit score. Wow. 9% of, only 9% of Americans even understand what a credit score is. <laughs> only 9% of Americans even know what it is. Let's go check our credit score. You better check it. <laughs> you probably won't like what you see if you're the person enjoying this article. Number 11, track your spending, yes. I know, you gotta track your spending just like Dave Ramsey says. Get out your little envelope, here's your lunch money, put it in there, here's your money for your car payment, put it in that envelope, and just write it all down and track all of it. And so when you figure out that you have very little money and you figured out where it all goes, then what do you do? (laughs) It doesn't take much tracking to track nothing. As opposed to making more and having a lot and having the things you want in life. Oh wait, number 12, indulge. Having a budget is smart and staying accountable is necessary, but every once in a while you should indulge. So in other words, the tracking of the money, the budget, they mean nothing. Just every once in a while after we did all that hard work to try to keep control, we just indulge. Number 13, learn from others. All those ignorant people around you that have absolutely no idea how to make money, let's ask them how to make money. Number 14, ask for and seek support. Life can be difficult. When money is tight, friends are unsupportive, and work is draining, it's hard to stay positive and working towards your goals. Well, 
just ask for support. <laughs> know yourself. Knowledge precedes change. Start with understanding who you are. Okay, who am I? I'm fat. I'm ugly. I'm broke. And I'm stupid. I guess I really, I guess I really understand who I am. I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm broken, I'm stupid. And I'm unfriendly and nobody likes me and my teeth are rotten. You've done a personal assessment. What good did that do you? Number 16, wake up for the sunrise. No, go to sleep for the sunrise. What do you mean wake up? Every day you wake up. Listen to music. There you go. Your life sucks. Just go over there, lay on the beach, watch the sunrise and listen to music. How far ahead have you gotten? Have a giggle fest. I'm not even going to do that. <laughs> Check in with yourself. Hi, self. I'm fat, ugly, ignorant, and toothless. Oh, you agree? Number 20, test your emotional intelligence. Touted to be more important than IQ, emotional intelligence is said to significantly affect our career success, relationships, communication skills, and more. Discover your emotional strength at arealme.com. I'm going to go to college for emotional. That's it. I'm going to college. I'm going to major in emotional intelligence because it's more important. Touted to be more important than IQ. Emotional intelligence is significantly affects our career. I'm going to college for emotional intelligence. I'm telling you. Put down your phone. No, pick up your phone and call somebody and do a business deal. Make a transaction. Don't do what these people say. They're stupid. We'll be right back. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Uh, right last segment, I was going over a self-help article that was written by Success Magazine, 43 Ways to Change Your Life in Just 10 Minutes. Well, we did 15 minutes. We only read 23 of the 43 ways, so I don't think the 43 ways in five minutes can make a difference in your life for 10 minutes. Secondly, the stuff that we read was just insane. Uh, let's, here's some more of the classics here. Listen to the classic music. It'll change your life. Take a break. You need a break. Start a life handbook. Read one chapter. Learn a new word. Learn skills you can teach. they don't teach in school. Become a speed reader. Get cultural, learn new languages, rediscover your childhood. Ooh, man, success for your career. Find a coffee buddy. Welcome in the e Ivies, university people, Ivy League people, start hanging out with them. That'll make a difference. Oh my God, just scroll smarter. <laughs> Stick to your goals, get bored, oh my God. It goes on and on, guys. There's 43 of these things, and I, I just, first of all, whoever wrote this is, is a dingbat. Uh, say no. Your time is the most valuable asset. That's true. Learn to say no. Give yourself more time to do the things you make you smarter, better, and happier. Oh, here's one. Write a letter to yourself. <laughs> Self? Remember we had a discussion the other day? I'm fat, ugly. Toothless, ignorant, have no friends. I just wanted to write you a letter to confirm all these conversations we had with each other uh, to make sure that you don't forget. 
and then place this letter in the drawer so you'll remember this in case you ever decide you want to be successful. I want you to pull this letter out and read it again. Remember, we've had this discussion. You're a loser. That's me to you, self. Whew. All right, so I pulled and looked around and said, you know, after all this insanity, I got to find something that's positive, right? So here's one, 10 ways to improve yourself in 10 minutes or less. And uh, again, it's just stuff that goes on and on and on and on and on and on about crazinesses, okay? Just, this is self-help stuff, guys. This is stuff that they're, they're writing for you to read. Let me see. I just increase focus. Number two, practice gratitude. Number three, learn one new word. Number four, become a speed reader. Number five, take a cat nap. Number six, work on learning new languages. Number seven, take coffee break with a friend. Number eight, go outside. Number nine, set yourself up for success tomorrow. Oh, my God. Ten, write in your journal. Journal, let's have that conversation. I'm fat, ugly, toothless. <sighs> my God. So I, find, I looked. I kept looking for one. I found one that I'm comfortable with, okay? it's uh, It's got five disciplines that successful people have. And I'm um, kind of comfortable with these. So I'm going to go through these and show you the difference between somebody who would read those different types of self-help documents and went off and did what they believe that will make them more successful or someone who's more comfortable with this type of a document. Number one, the discipline of believing. Most of us think about doing things different between the average person and high achiever. The difference between the average person and high achiever is a commitment to belief because posing the unqualified belief that you're capable of doing something is the first step to achieving. So in other words, think and grow rich. Napoleon Hill said it best when he said, whatever the mind of man can conceive and believe, it can achieve. And I wholeheartedly believe that all results start from there. I believed I wanted a beautiful, incredible, smart, loving wife. I got one. Now, the first two I tried with, I failed. Didn't mean just because I believed I could get one that I knew how to get one. But I believed I could. And when I found that I was with something that wasn't what I really believed I deserved, then I kept going. But it all started with belief. I believed I could be a millionaire. And I became one. Didn't happen overnight. It took two and a half years to get there. But it was a belief that started once I understood that it could be possible. If I just stopped believing that the job was going to get me rich. The job will never get you rich. You have to invest to get rich. And once I had changed the belief, the belief took me there. It all started with the belief. I believed I could be a bodybuilder. I was a fat 200-pound kid in fourth grade. I believed by reading magazines and looking at pictures. I believed it. I conceived it. I envisioned it. And I made it happen. Again, it all started with belief. So this first discipline, the discipline of believing you can do something, is, in my mind, very important. Number two, the discipline of eliminating interruptions. You know... I read a book called Pulling Your Own Strings by Dr. Wayne Dyer when I was a kid. And it talked about the fact that everybody around you is pulling at your time and pulling at what they want you to grow up to be, pulling at what they want you to do, 
where they want you to be, what you what they want you to do for them. Do this. Can you do that? Can you do this for me? Can we get you to do that? Did that? Did that? Did that? Did that? And as people, which are your family and your friends and your bosses and everybody else out there, the politicians all want you to do something. They want to take your time and pull it apart. And what's left for you to get where you want to be is almost nothing. Let me give an example that I just can't reconcile. It's just too hard for me. A uh, guy sent me an email the other day about his ministry, and he's helping people that are destitute out on the street. And um, he said, maybe we could do something jointly, you know, because I listen to your radio show, and I think that there's probably something we could do jointly. And he is kind enough to send along a link to a video about his ministry. And it showed me here out on the street, starving people, destitute, dirty, no teeth, rotten teeth, grubby fingernails, living in tents, living under bridges, living, I mean, everything that you could think of that is ugly, dirty, detrimental of homeless people was in this video. And then he showed them helping them, giving them food. So here's a guy living under a bridge. You give him a plastic bag that's got a couple candy bars and a warm pair of socks in it. And, you know, they're, they're handing these, driving around, handing these things out. And then there's other people over here. And then to get to the end of it, it says, what we really want you to do is give us money so we can open up this housing place for these people to live for free. And I thought, you know, I just used up an hour of my life to find out what the guy really wanted. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Radio show teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation.